do something like that. And so you're going to really enjoy next weekend. Invite a friend. We're going to be packed out, and uh, that's okay. We'll set up chairs if we have to. Uh, it's going to be a good weekend. We're inviting all the churches that are a part of Ascension Convention. It's going to be a great time doing it Saturday and Sunday. So both services, you're more than welcome to attend and be a part of, uh, of that worship experience. Nancy, you get your Bibles out, your sermon notes. Let's dive into God's Word this morning. We're in a brand new series called Breakout. Jennifer told you a little bit about it, and uh, I wrote in last week's Bible blog that I'm a big fan of Joel Osteen. And uh, if you ever want to read any of the Bible blogs, just go to our website at the homepage at the bottom. There's a B for blog. You can go and uh, read what I write each week. And, and I, I told you why I'm a big fan. of the. I love his heart. I love the church. I, I, I love his ministry. I, I appreciate God's favor. We both um, uh, took over pastors from our dad who were great ministers. And, and, um, and uh, his church is slightly larger um, than ours. But, uh, and... Um, and so I'm ashamed about what I'm, I'm about to tell you, and I mean that, because there was a time in life, probably a number of years ago, quite a number of years ago, that I did not like Joel Osteen. That, um, I don't know, you know, I didn't really have a good reason why, I just heard about uh, what other people said about him, and I was actually quite critical of him. And, um, and that all changed on a snowy winter night here in Chicago. Leslie had ordered pizza, and, uh, and it was at her favorite pizza place. I, I normally don't like pizza from that place, but she loves it, and so she ordered it. And so I went to pick it up, because uh, it was snowing out, and so uh, I, I just assumed you go in the front door of the restaurant to pick up the pizza, and like, oh no, you've got to walk around the building uh, to, to the, to the um, pickup area. And I'm like, oh man, and they could tell, because I mean, it was snowing and slushy and horrible outside, and they're like... Okay, yeah, you don't have to go back outside. I tell you what, walk through the bar, go through these doors, and you'll end up where you need to be. And I'm like, all right. So I begin to walk through the bar of this restaurant on a, on a crazy, uh, snowy night. And it was uh, kind of uh, interesting, the crowd that had assembled that night in the bar. And, uh, but but what, uh, what blew me away is they weren't watching Sunday night football or anything like that. All the TVs in this bar, and they weren't that nice, they're just a few small, is Joel Osteen on TV. And everybody's at the bar like this. And even the bartender is leaning against the wall going, hmm. <laughs> and, and God spoke to me in that moment, and this is what I felt he said to my spirit, is how many bars are you preaching in tonight, Daryl? <laughs> God uses Joel to, to cast a very wide net to millions upon millions upon millions of people in over a hundred countries. God has given him favor like none other, and through a mutual friend uh, the past year, I've got to spend some time with Joel Osteen. I don't want to pretend like we're best friends or anything like that, but I've seen him up close. I've seen him personal. I've had lunch in his home, and he is one of the most humble, uh, sincere, regular kind of people you would ever meet. He has a heart for God. His theology is identical to ours as a church. Um, I mean, he is just, I mean, it is, it is, um, God is using him in tremendous ways. He's a good and generous person. He's extremely short, um, which I was shocked, uh, but uh, not midget short, but short. Um, but uh, he's, a, he's a good guy, a little person short, sorry, little person, little person. Um, but uh, he, he's, he's got a good heart and we need, and this is what, what kind of challenged me that night, that if you don't like somebody, instead of being critical, start praying. 
And it's amazing how God usually doesn't change the other person, he changes you. But, but, but pray, and uh, pray for him. I mean, God's given him favor. He's all over uh, the map right now, traveling and speaking on his book called Breakout. We actually got an advanced copy several months ago, and that's why we're doing this sermon series out of this. This book is basically just an assembling of a variety of Bible stories and true life stories. And so that's pretty much the entire book. And it's talking about going to the next level, breaking out of, uh, of what we are, are trapped by and going to the next level. And so um, we're going to just kind of take a part-by-part -part look at it and just kind of walk through it. And the first part of the book, or the section of the book, is, is all about believing bigger, that we would believe bigger, that we have a big God. Here's the bottom line. If you read the Bible and believe that the Bible is true, there is no way you can read your Bible and not believe that God has a good plan for your life. That God has a big plan for your life. That God wants to do great things through you. There is no way that you can just sit back and say, well, that's for everybody else and not for me. No, God is very clear in His Word that I've got something bigger planned for you. Some of the, the members of our church recently experienced that on a trip to Russia. And I'm going to invite them to come up and, and share because they didn't get to share uh, last time uh, we were together because uh, Jim actually had a, an accident with his eye and I'm glad that he can see perfectly now, right? I mean, well, as good as it gets when you're in your mid-40s. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, God, God has uh, healed his eye and that's awesome. But I'm going to invite Jim and Alyssa to come down. They're going to share um, Luke, who, who had the knee accident, he really wanted to be here today, he actually made a video presentation from Russia that we're going to just watch uh, real quickly and uh, before Alyssa and Jim come and share. And I love how God used Alyssa and Jim uh, while, while we were in Russia. And I want them to share with our congregation uh, before we dive into the Word. But would you just watch the screen uh, quickly? And I want you to also uh, remember this. When you see the, the pictures of the children in the video, is that these children have either been abandoned or their families are going through very difficult moments. Maybe the, the, the parents are addicted to drugs or there may be, they may be in prison. There, there's something. In, and so these are the children that Mission Possible reaches out to. And as a church, we support Mission Possible and we went with Mission Possible. So, um, so sit back, watch the video, and then Alyssa, just come up right when it's done. Too great. 
Good morning, everyone. <laughs> um, the last time I was probably up here, I was in children's school, and I was up here probably singing with everyone else. So it's so weird being back up here, being 17, and it's crazy to have been given that great opportunity to go to Russia for, I've never been on really a huge event like this, being able to go overseas and experience what I had experienced. Those pictures, I don't think even capture half of the emotion that was, at least I could say I experienced throughout it. Um, I want to probably start off with the probably the biggest, like the most difficult thing to go through was probably just when we were getting ready to leave. I just, it was very hard to, it was weird though because I had my dad with me. I was, it felt like I was alone for some reason, but I had my dad and I was just emotional and I realized that family is a huge part of my life and I think everyone else can um, agree with that, that their family is a huge part of their life and getting to see all these kids and adults live their life the way that they had without a family figure or just being in the troubles that they had gotten into was very difficult to see and um, it was just very hard to, uh, excuse me, to go and see a whole different world out there than we see here. We don't really realize that so many people are living without homes, without families. A lot of their kids are doing unexplainable things you would never imagine yourself doing. So it was, I'm blessed to have gone out and been given the great opportunity, let alone to go with my dad and experience the whole thing, which I can say I would never imagine myself to do in the first place. But um, I was blessed to probably have seen, gone in the whole trip, but to experience um, doing just going on street patrol and seeing how everyone else lived. I mean, we imagine it being difficult, but not as difficult as you see there. Um, one of the bigger people or had that impacted me was probably this little baby, Losha, who you saw. He was in, like, the blue outfit. And he was only, like, six months old, not even... He was just walking, and I just connected with him because I... I'm one of five, so I love children, and just seeing how all those kids were on the streets living without a parent, and it was very hard considering I have two loving parents of my own living in a great house with a great family, and then coming here to a great church family is amazing, and seeing how a lot of them, through the tough times that they have, they still do believe in God, which is amazing that through all the tough times, they still have that hope that a lot of us would imagine they would not have through all of what they've been through. And it's just crazy to see how God has impacted them emotionally and spiritually through living on the streets and not really being able to experience this whole the whole like the lives that we have they are a lot hap I feel like they're a lot happier than a lot of us tend to feel we are and um a lot of them felt embarrassed 
like that their homes were messy, they'd start like scrambling everything up, like picking it up and being embarrassed that they're like, oh, I'm sorry, it's all messy. And you're like, oh no, it's okay. But then you realize you're like, they're living on the streets and they're embarrassed that it's a little messy as opposed to like, we're embarrassed if we have like bills all over the table, everything. Like it was just great to experience the different culture and how they, to see the spiritual connection that we all, or that I have specifically with them. And I don't think I would, um, I'm very blessed to have gone on this trip and experience it with my dad and been given this opportunity by Pastor Daryl for inviting me. And I don't think I would have changed anything about it. So thank you all for praying and I will hand it over to my dad. Thanks. Um, so when Daryl asked me to share, you know, an experience from the trip, um, I thought of a million experiences. I thought of uh, the amazing opportunity to do this with my daughter and to watch her just grow on the trip, how amazing that was and how blessed I feel to have a chance to have done that. I thought of that first um, experience in the beginning where you saw the baby in the blue and the kids on the street, and that was hard for me. I just lost it for 15 minutes. I just had to walk away and was crying and um, couldn't stop thinking about my kids and couldn't stop thinking about leaving there. Like, you're leaving, you know, like them saying, take me with you was my, you know, kind of what was going through my head. Um, When we went up to that apartment that was no bigger than a walk-in closet and a family, young, young family of two young parents and three little kids lived in there and I just kept thinking like Russian winters where like you stay inside probably in that and how, you know, difficult that must be. The um, sewer tunnels we saw when we went out into the woods where people were living and imagining that's where they went again in the winter with two, three feet of snow on them and um, all those experiences. But I think what was missing from that and the experience I want to share is the experience for myself. Um, So when we were going out there, Daryl asked me um, if I would speak in a church meeting on Friday that week Um, about something that I've been studying for 20 years of my life, just kind of this counseling, you know, how do you connect kind of at a heart level thing. And so we worked on it ahead of time and uh, what we were going to do, and we sent some of the material out to be translated. And they came back a little worried. That that might be an understatement or, you know, but they're a little worried about kind of how's the church going to take this and is it, are they ready for it? And so that was okay. We had a game plan shift. We worked on a different message there. We would, we would work in some of the material, maybe a little lighter and stuff. And uh, so we get to Russia, and I'm still speaking, and I'm going to speak in front of 200 people, I think is what you told me, Daryl. And, and I'm nervous, and I want to I have the right words. And so I'm praying all week, kind of, you know, God, help me figure out what it is exactly you want to say. I know this material, but how do you want me to to shape it and how do you want me to use it and you know all that and I'm not hearing all week long you know I'm thinking you're not you're not hearing and I'm a I'm an analytical guy so I love like an audible voice when I say speak right you know and and that's only happened a couple times for me in my life to be honest with you and uh, um, but you know and I remember about Wednesday that week where I said okay God I'm not hearing put some people in my life and speak through them you know and and it's amazing because um, it happens all the time, and I miss it all the time. Um, but that's what happened. So we get to Ekaterinburg, where I was going to speak. And 
I just happened to wind up in a car with the driver who speaks English. Yeah, just happened, right? You know. Um, okay, God, you know, it's clear who, you know, I mean, and I can see this afterwards. And he just shares his testimony. He's, uh, you know, rehabbed, uh, rehabbed guy who's been with the ministry. And he just starts sharing his testimony. And he's using words and connecting with his heart and talking about some of the stuff. And I feel this connection with him. I mean, I don't know if he's done counseling. I don't know if he's worked in this area, but he's speaking to me and encouraging me. Because honestly, and I don't remember if I told Daryl this, but, but by about Wednesday, I was going to say, hey, I think you should just preach. I'm out. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to say, you know. And this guy encourages me. I mean, you know, and this guy, he's telling me he was a heroin addict and he had left his family and he had to make a decision when he was rehabbing whether he should stay with his family or not. And some pastors are telling him he should stay and some are saying you should not and get clean first. And, you know, and he just kind of listened and did the hard thing. He did what he thought was right, which was see them on weekends but really get healthy. And, and we go to McDonald's in Russia, which is just like here. The food tastes the same. But um, he sits and has lunch with me and Alyssa and talks more and just keeps encouraging me. And then, you know, because I'm stubborn, I'm still not sure, right? Like, you know, I'm like, uh, you know, but I feel a little better. And we get to the church and we meet Andre, the pastor of this church. And, you know, a couple of people are still like, well, we're not quite sure. And Andre comes out and is like, okay, we're ready to go. We translated it. We got 100 copies. And this is what the church needs. And, and like, I'm really encouraged again, right? Like, okay, this is God speaking again through him. And this is a guy who I can't forget, Andre. You know, I just keep thinking about him. And just what an uh, awesome man he is that he gives his life to serve others the way he does. Gentle, kind of, you know. And so we get there on Friday night, and we go for it. Uh, I go for it. I make some adjustments even in the midst, listening to God. Take a risk, and I say, "Okay, we're going to experience something. You guys are going to share with one another. People who don't, you know, like think about it. You guys turning to somebody and talking to somebody about your feelings and what's going on, and you know, and we get confirmation afterwards. People start coming up to us after the service and go, "This was so cool." The guy who driver comes up and shares a testimony in the middle of it of his experience, and people, this pastor from. 100 kilometers away, maybe, who oversees seven churches, goes, i got to be honest, I saw counseling intro, two hours. I was skeptical, he says, to, through the translator. And he walks away, and he tells us at the end, this was so great, and I can't wait till you guys come back and do, like, a three-day seminar for us. And I'm like, Daryl, we didn't talk about coming back for three days. But, <laughs> um, but I guess in closing, my message is, again, just, you know, God is speaking to us all the time. And most of the time, I think it's through other people. And if I just needed to be reminded about that. And then the other message I just want to say is so many times I go to give, and I get so much more than I, than I gave. And so when people were asking me when I got back, you know, did you have a good time when you went to Russia? Good time's not the right adverb or adjective or whatever. I'm not a great English guy, so whatever that means. But I had a great and awesome experience through crying, through being angry about some of the situation through people touching my heart. Um, and remember that you might be that person who's sharing with somebody through just being yourself. This guy was just being himself and sharing himself. 
And you may be that testimony or that answer to somebody who's been asking to hear from God. So thank you, and thanks for all your support and prayers. Thanks, Jim. It's, uh, thank, I just appreciate uh, listening to Jim Sharon, and, and I want to just commend Jim. Did such a great job. As a pastor in a mission field, you're used to like showing up at a place and saying, oh, hey, you're preaching tonight. Okay, um, so you're used to that, but when they did that to Jim, like we're going for it. You're gonna you're gonna do the whole seminar, which he wasn't thinking about. Um, and uh, I want to say Jim did a great job, and he took a lot of risks. I mean, you you tell a there's a lot of um, very tough Russian men sitting out in the congregation. He says, okay, get together with one other guy and share your feelings. <laughs> and all the guys are like, uh, no. And but they all get together in the group, and so I'm with I'm with a, a large uh, Russian guy, and I go, okay, it's time to share our feelings. He goes, you go first. I'm like, all right. All right. But you know what the beautiful thing was? Jim couldn't get them to stop sharing after they started. And the seminar that was only last, supposed to last so long kept going and going and going until the pastor finally had to come up and say, we're renting this building and they're going to charge us more if we don't get out of here. And um, so, uh, but it's just, uh, I love what God did uh, through Jim, through Alyssa, through the whole team. And um, they do want uh, Jim to come back for a three-day seminar. So uh, we'll be sending him back uh, with, uh, and uh, whether he wants to go or not, he will wake up one morning, I will be out front in the car saying, today is the day, Jim, taking you to the airport. But um, we need to believe God for bigger things. Because like Jim said, he's, he's been doing this for 20 years. And I believe that God had prepared him, you know, and, and you know, Jim's a successful man, and God's done a lot of things through him, and he's done accomplished a lot in his life. But God was preparing him his whole life for, I believe, that Friday night and for the, the seminar that's coming up. And God says, I want to use you. You may not feel like you can be used, but, but I want to use you. And it's not necessarily about us. It's about what he does through us. It says in Zechariah 4, 6, if you want to get your Bibles out, sermon notes out, you can do that. We'll dive into the, to the word this morning. But Zechariah 4, 6 says, it's not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Maybe you've heard it say it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. God wants to do something in you. That is absolutely amazing. My story that I'll share today from Russia, I shared with the students this week in chapel, came from um, the, the street patrol on the final day. Street patrol, I talked a little bit about it. That's when you're on the street feeding people. And so we went out to the street, and there's children, there's teenagers, there's young adults. They're all living out there on the street, babies. And, and there's a picture that will be on the screen out of the thousands of pictures that were taken, this has kind of become the, the, the hallmark picture of our time there because we're on the street. Half the people there are, are people living on the streets and the other half are the people that have been rescued off the streets and along with people from our team in that picture. And we were on the street and, you know, you see a baby, that baby there in that picture had not been changed for days. No diapers, no changing. Um, they're, they're, you know, the baby is playing. There's, there's broken glass everywhere, and they're playing, a baby playing with glass. Can you imagine? And my heart broke in such a way. Jim talks about his emotional experience. I remember kind of looking at Jim, and we both kind of went in opposite directions because this was not going to be a good, um, we're in group together. We, we like to cry. So we were like, okay, you go that way, I'll go this way. And, um, and I could not pull it back together. 
I've never been so hopeless or overwhelmed because you, you, you see these people working with these kids and they have been trying to do what they can and these kids still go in the wrong direction. They keep going in even worse situations and my heart broke. I became so overwhelmed. I couldn't stop crying and I'm supposed to be making videos for Mission Possible and I, I wanted to make a video for our church and we sent it back and, and I, I'd, I'd pull myself together enough to stop crying. And then as soon as they'd start the, the, the tape and I'd, I'd start to talk, I'd just, you know, start crying again. And, and I'm like, please, I told Laura, please erase all of those because it just, it's, I mean, I was just falling apart every time the camera started rolling. I finally pulled it together enough to be happy for a message for our church. And then I talked to Leslie afterwards. She goes, it looked like you were crying in the video. I'm like, yes, yes, I was. Thank you for noticing. I was crying. And, um, and I, I was just overwhelmed. I was thinking, how do these people, I'm there for one week doing this, and I'm, I can't hold it together. How do these people who do it every day, and they don't get paid, these are volunteers, and they do it every day, how do they do it? And I knew that that night we, were, we, were, that we had the big seminar and other things, and it's one thing if you're alone on a missions trip, but there were, you know, we had 12 other people with us, and, and you know, kind of being a leader, you got to, like, Daryl, you've got to pull this together now or you are going to fall apart emotionally. So I said, i got to go to the Word of God. i got to get a verse inside of me that just speaks to me. And I went to, immediately, it just came to mind, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I began meditating on that verse and just saying, okay, God, your joy has got to be my strength because I am overwhelmed. In fact, I'm talking a little fast telling this story because I know that if I stop for any amount of moment, those emotions will come back. And I need the joy of the Lord to be my strength. I remembered in Nehemiah chapter 8, I didn't have time that day to study it, but I remember studying it in the past that it's a very interesting time in Israel's history. They've come back from captivity, they're all together, and Ezra the priest begins to read the word of the Lord, the law, to everyone there. And they are so attentive and they're listening to the law of the Lord. They're even amening as he's reading it, and there's a sorrow that comes over the congregation. A sorrow that, that, that produces crying and weeping and uncontrollable weeping just kind of floods the entire congregation of Israel as they're listening to the word of the Lord. They're, they're sorry for their sin. They're sorry for the past. They, they're just, their hearts are broken before God and they're so overwhelmed they can't stop crying and this depression begins to spread over to the crowd until finally the, Nehemiah has to get up and say, guys, this is not a day to be full of sorrow. This is a day of celebration. Today is the day that we hear God's word and, and we realize that God was with us in the past and delivered us. He's with us right now. And you can take it to the bank that he's going to be with us as he gives us victory tomorrow. Today is a day of celebration. The joy of the Lord is your strength. As I began to think about that, I looked at those lives of, of people that had been transformed, that are now out helping those that... They were once like those people. Now their lives have been so radically transformed by the power of God. They're out doing it. This is a reason to celebrate that the power of God still works if you want it to. That His power is real. There was a, a prophetic word given at a conference that I was at last week in, in, um, in Colorado. And, and it, was, it was powerful. The worship leader said that God is returning to the church rejoicing and celebration. As the world gets worse, as times get hard, as we get overwhelmed in life, 
God is going to bring joy back to his church. He's going to bring celebration back to his church. Because I want to tell you something. God is at work today. His transforming power is at work. It is his day, the day that he has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. He's been with us to this point. He's with us right now. And he's walking with us into the future. He is ahead of us and behind us. And we may have difficulties. And we may have sadness in our life. And there may be things that overwhelm us, but listen to me. We have to plant that seed of joy in our heart so that it will grow in even the most difficult times of our life. We are called to rejoice in what God is doing because today is the day He has made and He's at work. So stop looking at the things that are bringing us sorrow and look to the things where God is at work and let that bring us joy. Because we can get overwhelmed in this world and we can make a lot of excuses and we can feel really bad, but God is saying, look, I've given you exactly what you need for right now. I've done everything in your life to bring you to this moment. It's a very strange story in Genesis 48. It's the final moments of Jacob's life. And Jacob finds himself with, with Joseph, his son that he loved, that he thought, I'd never see him again. And instead of receiving that final blessing from Jacob, Joseph brings his two sons Manasseh and Ephraim, and he places them in front of Jacob. And Jacob's eyesight is bad, so he places Manasseh, the older, right in front of his right hand. So when the blessing goes, the the blessing, the greater blessing would go to the oldest. And he puts uh, Ephraim, the the younger, on the left hand. And he he said, Dad, just bless my sons. I'm already blessed. I want you to bless my sons. Don't bless me, bless my sons. And so this grandfather has the joy of blessing the, the sons of the son he thought he'd never see again. And as he goes to reach out his hands to bless his grandsons, he crosses his hands midway and he lays the greater blessing on Ephraim. And and Joseph says, no, Dad, I've already set them up. I set them up right in front of you. You don't have to cross your hands. And he says, no, I do have to cross my hands because God wants to give his blessing to the younger. You know the story of Jacob. You know that that's an important part of the story. It's also an important story about God. Listen to me. You may feel second place. You may feel like God can never use you. You may feel like I won't get the greater blessing. No, that's for people like Daryl. That's for people like Jim. I'm not going to get that. And you know what God says? You know what? I'm crossing my hands. I'm going to give you exactly what you need. I'm going to give you a new position. You're not the younger serving the older. Now, Now you're the one. You're the one with the greater blessing. I'm crossing my hands to give you exactly what you need right now. No matter how you feel, no matter excuse you can make. I mean, think of Moses saying, I, I can't go to Pharaoh. I can't, I can't even talk. And you want me to go to Pharaoh and deliver the people? Gideon says, I'm the poorest. My, my family is the least of these. You want me to lead the army of Israel? What if David would have said, you know what? I, I can't do it. I, I'm, too, I'm too young. I'm too inexperienced. Look at all these soldiers. They're all dressed up. They're ready to go. They should fight the giants. What if Esther would have said, you know what? I, I, I can't go before the king. I and even if I got an audience with the king, he, he won't even listen to me. When we make our excuses before God, this is what he says, don't worry, I'm crossing my hands. I'm going to give you exactly what you need, and you're going to be able to do what I ask you to do. God is going to give you the blessing and the favor and the grace that you need in the moment. And that's why we can stand on Joshua 1.9. This is my command, God speaking here. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
We can be strong and courageous because God is with us. There's a story with a, a powerful point, and it's found in 2 Kings. It's a story of a, a widow whose husband has died, and the bills have piled up so high that she can't pay them. And those that she owes money to are coming to take her son away. And her heart is broken, and the prophet comes to her and says, I'm going to ask you to do something that's very strange. But I'm going to ask you to go around and, and gather all the largest jars in the, in the town that you can find. Friends, neighbors, family members, you grab every empty jar that you have, and you bring it to your house. And, and so she's obedient, and, and all she has in her house is a small pot of oil. And oil is very valuable back then because it can be used for a lamp, it can be used for cooking. And she has a very smart, small jar of oil. This is actually a, a, a lamp that was dug up on an archaeological dig in, in, in Israel, and I brought it home. And, and so this is an actual oil lamp for over there. So she has this very small jar of oil. That's all she has. If she has any type of finance, that's, that's all she has. And Elijah says, get every big pot from all over the town that you can. Her house is filled. And in a miracle of God, she begins to pour out what little oil she has into these big pots. And it never stops flowing until every pot is filled with oil. She's able to pay off everything she owes and live on what came in. I love what what, uh, uh, Elisha says to her when he's like, I want you to realize God's going to do something big here. And so in the King James, he says, borrow not a few, you know, (laughs) borrow as many as you can because I'm going to come through. And what we've got to do is we talked about in communion time is we've got to believe that we serve the the El Shaddai God, God Almighty, that he is more than enough. We need to believe that God is going to provide in big ways for our life, that he is the abundant God, and we need to get ready for God to come and do the miraculous in our life. And this is the point of the story. This is the the lesson that God's trying to teach us. And this is what challenges me to the core. And if you're going to write anything down today, this is what it is. Is that this widow determined what God would do. She determined the miracle. God said he was going to do a miracle. And he did the miracle. But she, not God, determined the size of the miracle that God did. Because this is the truth. Had she assembled fewer jars, the oil would have stopped flowing sooner. Had she received more jars, gotten out and got more jars, that oil would have kept flowing until the last jar was filled. She determined the size of what God did in her life. And you and I determine the size of what God does in our life by making ourselves available to Him wholly and completely. What if Jim said, you know what, this trip costs a lot of money. I can't be away from my business that long. Or we get there and Wednesday he says, you know what, Daryl, I'm out. I can't do it. When Jim made himself available, God filled that pot so overflowing, he's got to go back for three more days. God wants to do something. And this isn't just for Jim. This is for all of us. We've got to begin to believe God for big things in our life. And he says, I will use you. I will cross my hand. You can feel like you're in second place, but I'm going to put you in first place because I'm going to use you. You're available. 
I told a few, story, a few weeks back the story of taking the boys out to eat and we get steaks. And, and uh, I shared that a few weeks ago. So it was funny when I was reading um, Breakout uh, about Joel taking his son, Jonathan, out to eat. Now, Jonathan's in college now, but when his son was younger, he took his son out to eat. And when the server came and said, what do you want? Immediately, Jonathan said, I want a steak. And uh, the, the server says, well, okay, do you want an eight-ounce, you know, 10-ounce, 12-ounce? Oh, 12-ounce. And Joel says, he didn't ask me if it was okay. He goes, I don't even think he looked at the menu to see what the prices were. He just knew Dad was paying. He just knew that Dad would say it's okay. I want to tell you today that we serve an El Shaddai God. And, 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 and he wants big prayers. He wants big faith. He wants you to, to not live in a scarcity kind of, God, just, just give me a little bit for today. Just give me, you know, he's saying, no, believe me for big things in your life. God wants to work in and through you like you've never seen before. See, we've got to get a bigger picture of God. That's what I love about our church uh, supporting missions around the world. You may not understand, maybe you've never, you're like, oh, missionaries up there, let's hurry up and get to the Word. No, you know what's great about having missionaries? You know what's great about going and and going to the field, which I think we all should do at some point in our life? You know what's so good about that? Is you realize how big God is and how small your little world is. And you realize that we live in a very big world and God has a very big kingdom and he's doing a lot more than you could ever imagine. And he's the one that wants to do it exceedingly above and beyond whatever we could ask or think. We serve, listen to me, we serve such a big God in such a big world. And his kingdom is so big, the Bible tells us it is without end. That's the kingdom. And we need to grab hold of how big our God is. And when that he gets a hold of our life, he transforms us. See, in America, it seems as though we say, okay, God, I'd like you to come through for me, but in case you don't, I got it. I'll handle it. When you work with these people that are on the street and they are at the lowest point in their life, there is no, they are not pulling themselves up by their bootstraps. They have to have the power of God. And their lives are so radically transformed that when one sits in the car with Jim and tells him his testimony, you're blown away because that is only God who could have done that in your life. You are a completely different person. You just didn't handle things on your own. God showed up and there's power at work in your life. That big God got a hold of your life and you're not the same. We've got to let the big God get a hold of our life. There's transforming power in the power of God when we believe for bigger things, when we believe that he hears and he answers our prayer, and then when we come to him and say, God, whatever, you know, I am all in, as we talked about just a, a couple weeks ago, I'm all in, and when I'm all in, God says, there we go. Now I can use you. I've given you the hand that you need to play right now. Go all in. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me today? And I just want us to spend a, a few moments here uh, before we go, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us. We're just at the, the first step of, of this. For the, for the next several months, we'll be just talking about going to the next level in God. And I believe God wants us to break out of where we've been and, and do greater things for Him. But I'm, I'm challenged to the core as we pray right now that a lot of it is up to me. 
It's up to my availability. It's up to me gathering the pots. It's God's miracle. Only he will do it. It is his power. But I've got to put myself in a place to receive that. And so I'm going to pray, and I just want you to open your hearts wide open to God and to believe him for great things so that someday it's you standing up behind this pulpit sharing how God used you in lives. You tell the story of, of, of helping and, and rescuing people. You tell the story of when you began to share and they, they couldn't get people to leave the room because they were just hungry for more. I believe God is doing something so big and that next weekend when we come together for worship, we're just going to the next level. Because we have a big God doing a big work in our big world. Don't live in a little world anymore. Don't live a little life anymore. God, we, just, we come to you at, at this moment in our service where... Uh, we come to a conclusion, and God, you've been at work since the moment we walked through these doors, whether it be in worship and communion and prayer and testimony and video and the word. God, there's been so much that's happened in, in just this, this service, but Lord, you, you've used it to speak to us, to draw us near to your heart, to challenge us to take the next step. Lord, I pray that these weeks would be breakout weeks in our life. God, that we would return to the joy of our salvation. That we would return to the celebration. That we wouldn't go by how we feel or what the world tells us. God, that we would go with rejoicing and celebration that today is the day you have made. You are at work. Your transforming power is among us. And God, that we would celebrate that and we would believe big things, God, for our lives, for our families, for our church, for our Lord, your work in this world. Lord, for those that, that feel overwhelmed at this moment, God, just give them a picture of you crossing your hand and you blessing them. And God, help them to believe for even bigger things, God. Let us see you at work in our life. And God, I pray that we would gather not a few, but Lord, we would gather many jars Lord, that we would be earthen vessels, earthen jars that are wide open to be filled with your power. God, we need your help. We need your strength today. And God, I pray that we would be obedient to your word. And God, we plant it in our hearts right now and that we'd see a great harvest this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're on the first step. It's time to believe bigger. God's got big things. Every uh, first weekend,